West Haven Productions is proud to present the countdown to Halloween. We are proud to be sponsored by Wild Hunt Sporting Goods. Our goods will prepare you to weather any storm, whether it's Armageddon Ragnarok or Monday Night Football. Come into your local store today, now with free delivery. Waxing, waning, full, or new, at the Wild Hunt, we will find you. And by the Overlook Hotel, are you ready to go on holiday? We'll look no further than Colorado's number one non-skiing resort. Hey Jack, why don't you tell us about your stay? Sure thing Mr. Halloran, the Overlook was the perfect place to take my family. My wife Wendy loved the food, and my boy couldn't get enough running around the halls. And the staff couldn't have been friendlier. We really took a shine to the whole place. We can't wait to go back. Wow, thanks for sharing Jack. And great news folks, we've taken an axe to our prices. Book our Red Room Suite for only $2.17 a night. With these prices, it's practically murder. Come on down to the Overlook Hotel. Once you're here, you'll never leave. Unfortunately, we do have further news, as we regret to inform our listeners that the masquerade ball to be held at the Usher Library this Halloween has now been canceled due to unfortunate events outside of our control. The Poe Estate will provide further details soon, but we have been informed that if you have purchased a ticket, further queries can be sent to Lenore at the Poe Estate. In our fifth and final episode, we are excited to share Edgar Allan Poe's The Fall of the House of Usher. Now please, sit back and relax. It is about to begin. During the whole of a dull, dark, and soundless day in the autumn of the year, when the clouds hung oppressively low in the heavens, I had been passing alone on horseback through a singularly dreary track of country, and at length found myself as the shades of the evening drew on within view of the melancholy house of Usher. I know not how it what, was, Victor? but with the first glimpse um, of the building, what? a sense of insufferable yes, gloom pervaded my spirit. I say insufferable for the feeling was unrelieved by any of that half My apologies for the disruption, folks. My producer has just informed me to correct a previous statement. Please do not contact Lenore with your queries. We are unable to provide further details at this time due to said unfortunate events, but if you have further queries, please contact the offices of Gomez, Fester, and Lurch attorneys at law. Additionally, all purchases made are final, and no refunds will be made available. We deeply apologize for the inconvenience, but on behalf of West Haven Productions and all of us at the studio, thank you. And now back to the intended programming. Please continue, narrator. I know not how it was. But with the first glimpse of the building, a sense of insufferable gloom pervaded my spirit. I say insufferable, for the feeling was unrelieved by any of that half-pleasurable, because poetic, sentiment with which the mind usually receives even the sternest natural images of the desolate or terrible. I looked upon the scene before me, upon the mere house and the simple landscape features of the domain, upon the bleak walls on the vacant, eye-like windows, 
upon the few rank sedges, and upon the few white trunks of decayed trees, with an utter depression of the soul, which I can compare to no earthly sensation more properly than to the afterdream of the reveler upon opium, the bitter lapse into the everyday, the hideous dropping off of the veil. There was an iciness, a sinking, a sickening of the heart, an unredeemed dreariness of thought which no goading of the imagination could torture into aught of the sublime. What was it, I paused to think, what was it that so unnerved me in the contemplation of the House of Prussia? It was a mystery all insolvable, nor could I grapple with the shadowy fancies that crowded upon me as I pondered. I was forced to fall back upon the unsatisfactory conclusion that while beyond doubt there are combinations of very simple natural objects which have the power of thus affecting us, still the analysis of this power lies among consideration beyond our depth. It was possible, I reflected, that a mere different arrangement of the particulars of the scene of the details of the picture would be sufficient to modify or perhaps annihilate its capacity for sorrowful impression. And acting upon this idea, I reined my horse to the precipitous brink of the black and lurid tarn that lay in unruffled luster by the dwelling and gazed down, but with a shudder even more thrilling than before on the remodeled and inverted image of the gray sedge and the ghastly tree stems and the vacant and eye-like windows. Nevertheless, in this mansion of gloom, I now proposed myself a sojourn of some weeks. Its proprietor, Roderick Usher, had been one of my boon companions in boyhood, but many years had elapsed since our last meeting. A letter, however, had lately reached me in a distant part of the country. A letter from him which, in its wildly inopportune nature, had admitted of no other than a personal reply. The MS gave evidence of nervous agitation. The writer spoke of an acute bodily illness, of a mental disorder which oppressed him, and of an earnest desire to see me as his best, and indeed his only personal friend. With a view of attempting, by the cheerfulness of my society, some alleviation of his malady. It was the manner in which all of this and much more was said. It was the apparent heart that went into his request, allowed me no room for hesitation. And I accordingly obeyed forthwith with what I still consider a very singular. So identified the two as to merge the original title of the state in the quaint and equivocal appellation of the House of Usher, an appellation which seemed to include in the minds of the peasantry who used it, both the family and the family mansion. In the greenest of our valleys, by good angels tenanted, once a fair and stately palace, radiant palace reared its head. In the monarch thought's dominion it stood there. Never served spread opinion over fabric half so fair.
But evil things and robes of sorrow assailed the monarch's high estate. Ah, let us mourn, forever morrow shall the dawn upon him, desolate. And round about his home, the glory that blushed and bloomed is but a dim-remembered story of the old time entombed. Man, man, I tell I you tell that you she now stands, stands without, without the door. door. Am I real as I saw the mighty wall rushing asunder? There is a long, tumultuous shouting sound like the voice of a thousand waters. And the deep and dank barn at my feet closed solemnly and silently over the fragments of the house of Usher. Thank you for listening to the countdown to Halloween brought to you by West Haven Productions and the Poe Estate. It has been our pleasure to bring you these very special episodes. We would like to once again thank all of our sponsors for their support. It has been an absolute pleasure to share this journey with you all. We apologize for the technical difficulties in this episode, along with the cancellation of the event at the Usher Library. Know, however, that we appreciate you all. Happy Halloween. Victor, you know this is some bullshit. We owe all those people their money back. I don't care that it is out of our control. Come on, man, this isn't what we are about. What do you mean Lenore is here? I thought she was, that she had been. Hello, Mr. Halloran. It is good to see you again. Lenore. Oh my God. What the fuck is going on here, Victor? Lenore, tell me what the fuck is going on. Stay away from me, Lenore. Victor, she has a goddamn hole in her chest. Perna. What? Perna. What are you mumbling? Verna. Verna. Who the hell is Verna? Verna. What the hell is going on here? Verna. Verna. What are you two doing? Verna. Stay back, Lenore. Verna. What the actual living hell? Verna. Verna. Victor, who the hell is that? <laughs>
Thy soul shall find itself alone mid dark thoughts of the grey tombstone, not one of all the crowd to pry into thine hour of secrecy. Be silent in that solitude which is not loneliness, for then the spirit of the dead who stood in life before thee are again in death around thee, and their will shall then overshadow thee. Be still, for the night, though clear, shall frown, and the stars shall not look down from their high throne in heaven, with light like hope to mortals given. With their red orbs without beam, and thy weariness shall seem as a burning and a fever which would cling to thee forever. Now our thoughts thou shalt not banish, now our visions never to vanish. From thy spirit shall they pass no more, like dewdrop from the grass. The breeze, the breath of God, is still, and the mist upon the hill, shadowy, shadowy yet unbroken, is a symbol a token, how it hangs upon the trees, a mystery of a mystery.